there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies, what's up? Welcome to another episode of T4C. I am so glad you're along for the ride. If you're interested in cybersecurity or threat intelligence, or you're looking for a career that has zero unemployment, yeah, that's right, where the rate of unemployment is 0%, but you don't like coding or computer programming, fear not, my friends. This very well could be the career for you. In fact, my next guest majored in international politics, and today she is a threat intelligence analyst at Facebook. But before I introduce you to Lauren Bose-Hayes, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's the weekly newsletter we blast out bright and early Monday mornings with an overview of the episodes and the guests we're going to be dropping that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and sign up. Now, my cyber-loving Java junkies, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is Lauren Bose-Hayes, a threat intelligence analyst at Facebook. Most recently, Lauren and her team members were responsible for ensuring the integrity of elections research ahead of the 2018 midterm elections in the U.S. Prior to joining Facebook, Lauren worked for the Deloitte and Touche consulting firm, where she co-founded Deloitte's threat intelligence and analytics practice, designing the roadmap to develop this practice, including product offerings, an organizational chart, and operational processes. Lauren, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Absolutely. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I have plenty of tea. Well, we accept all forms of caffeinated beverages here at Time for Coffee, and I am glad to know that you are ready to go. So let's dive right into the 10 espresso shots. These are quick questions to help our young listeners learn more about how to break into your industry. So first espresso shot, Lauren, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to get into cybersecurity? There are so many entry-level roles from the deeply technical roles for folks with a background in something like computer science. And those roles are something similar to penetration testing. And that means trying to break in past a company's security defenses to the less technical roles that appeal more to someone with a general background. Those could include security auditing, compliance-related work, or anything to do with the more international relations side of things, such as threat intelligence. And I think one of the super interesting things that you actually have written about, Lauren, is that this covers a whole wide range of industries from the social media to the private sector to, I mean, pretty much anything, right, that involves a digital online presence. Absolutely. I think a trend in the past few decades is that every single industry and virtually every company has realized that in some ways they have to become a technology company. Every single industry has been impacted by the technological revolution that's been occurring. And that means that any company that uses technology needs cybersecurity. So therefore, if you have a skill set in cybersecurity, you really have a skill set that's portable across a lot of different industries. Oh, that is so fantastic. 
Lauren, what is a useful skill or skills that you have looked for over the years in the young people you hire? Absolutely. It's a willingness to learn. The reality is that there are very few cybersecurity specific university programs. So there really isn't a perfect resume or a perfect educational background that someone would have. So really, it's an ability to explain why you're interested in the field and why your background maps to the type of work that we do in the cybersecurity field. So it comes down to just being able to apply what you know and the skills that you have to this industry that you might not be as familiar with. Got it. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into cybersecurity? And I ask that knowing that you were actually an international politics major at Georgetown University. It is not a deciding factor to get into this profession. So this profession really has an amazing history of having started out of the hacker culture, where university degrees really weren't what was prized. Really, it was that hands-on learning ability that is still such a huge part of this community. And so no matter what you've studied, I've worked with people who had masters in fine arts, who have history degrees, I have a politics degree, certainly to folks who have deep technical backgrounds with degrees in computer science or forensics. Really, any of those are applicable so long as you are willing to learn and so long as you are interested in that hacker culture that fixates on really finding problems and wanting to fix them and wanting to really learn deeply about those issues. Awesome. What about a graduate school degree? And less so, obviously, for the entry-level jobs, more so for somebody who really wants to get to the top of this industry running security for big corporations? Absolutely. So I believe that the most practical learning anyone in this industry can do is hands-on learning on the job. That's not to say that a graduate degree can't help. There are actually, as I mentioned, at the undergrad level, there are very few cybersecurity specific programs. However, we're seeing more of those programs developed at the master's level right now. And so there are definitely some innovative new graduate degrees that specifically focus on cybersecurity that are really exciting. And it's great to see that at the graduate level, that education is becoming available. However, I have worked with people at senior levels across the cybersecurity industry who did not have high school degrees, who did not have undergraduate degrees. And I've worked with people who had graduate level or PhD level work in computer science from some of the most elite universities in the world. So truly, your graduate degree, if you want to pursue that path, if that's the way you learn, then that's fantastic. But if that's not the way you learn and you're able to gain those skills on the job or through one-off classes or less traditional programs such as coding boot camps, etc., all of those are relevant in this field. Not to put you on the spot, but do you happen to know which schools, Lauren, have those master's degrees programs right now in cybersecurity? So I know that Brown University has an executive master's in cybersecurity program that's really unique. I also know that the University of Maryland has a really strong cybersecurity program, and that is a program that I know has some remote learning options as well. And actually, at both the undergraduate and graduate levels, I've My understanding is that Penn State also has a pretty robust program. But there are other universities I know across the country that are developing out these programs. Those just happen to be schools that I'm familiar with or that I've had coworkers who have attended those programs. Gotcha. Thank you so much. 
What about life experiences, Lauren? What in your experience have you found to be the most useful life experiences for someone starting out in this field? Personally, my career has been dramatically shaped by the life experiences that I brought when I applied. So as I said, since often academic experience might not map perfectly, for me, a lot of that experience, and I believe for many of my coworkers I've worked with, has been through internships, for example. This doesn't necessarily apply to me, but for many of my peers, you know, that hacker spirit, if you're the person who just watches YouTube videos on lock picking because that is fun to you. This is your community for sure. If you're a maker who's just excited about how can I modify this bike to look different or be too double decker or something like that, if you have that approach of saying, how can I change this? How can I work on this problem and make something interesting? That's the type of community that is just really, really embraced here in the cybersecurity world. So it's such an array. I mean, for me, one of life experiences is I loved classroom learning, actually. I really am a classroom learner. So for me, it's meant taking some ongoing continuing education classes as I've been working that's really helped me to just continue working while building my skill set and advancing that. So it really varies across individuals and backgrounds. And for those online classes, were you taking them at General Assembly? Where have you gone to find the kind of classes that would supplement your education? I've done an array of classes. So I have done a General Assembly class, which was in person here in DC, although they do offer some distance programs as well. It wasn't cybersecurity specific. I did a front end web development program just because I was interested and I wanted to learn more about how websites work and and how to build a website. And that was great. And it's a great example of something that was not directly relevant to my work in cybersecurity, but just helped me understand at a basic level how the internet works and how technology works and gave me a better sense. And now when I need to explain a cross-site scripting attack, I actually have a much better idea of how that works because I understand how to make a website. Similarly, I've taken some classes that are available through MOOCs, through online free learning, through universities, and I've taken some paid graduate level courses to help supplement my skill set. So it's really been across the board. Oh my gosh, that is wonderful. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that because traditional universities have historically not had as many offerings related to cybersecurity, there are also programs such as the SANS Institute, which are really world-renowned cybersecurity training programs. And those are outside of the university. It's a private organization that exclusively does cybersecurity-specific trainings. And I've taken a SANS class. I have many co-workers who have benefited from SANS classes. They can be quite pricey. However, they're often taught in conjunction with conferences or your employer might offer them. It's one of the great reasons to take an entry-level position in cybersecurity because often your employer might have access to some continued learning opportunities that they can then either subsidize or make available for free that are really beneficial. Wonderful. I actually just Googled it. It's spelled S-A-N-S. And it says that they offer over 50 hands-on cybersecurity courses taught by expert instructors. We'll make sure to include this as well in show notes. So Lauren, this is going to be probably an easy question for you. What is the best part for you of being in cybersecurity? It is a field that is just so relevant today and that needs people who are excited about the field so deeply that I get excited when it comes up, whether it's from family members who maybe don't understand cybersecurity as much. It is so exciting to be able to explain what this field that sounds complex and scary 
is at a practical level, those conversations make me so excited because this field's only going to become more relevant. And the more people we have who can explain the basic concepts in the field, it will be better for everyone in this country, in the world and beyond. That is just deeply exciting to me. And the other component of that is that because it's relevant, you know, it's in the news all the time. You can do so much learning in this field just by reading the news and reading blog posts about what's going on when it comes to breaches that happen at companies, different types of malware that are coming out, really the big trends in this field. So much of this is happening. It's open source. You can read it for free. And that is just so exciting. It's a field that you're going to have a connection to for the rest of your life, even if you only work in it for a couple of years. And I have to believe that the 0% unemployment is also a really comforting fact for anybody who's in this industry that you don't have to worry about job security. Oh, absolutely. I am a big believer that if you are willing and you are able, you should join this field because there's so much variety in the different roles. And again, these teams are only growing. Even at companies that I've seen in the past where other components of their hiring were stagnant, their cybersecurity investment was often still growing because this field is just only becoming more relevant to every aspect of the business. Wonderful. Now, what about the flip side, Lauren? Because Every job, every career has aspects that are not so much fun. What would you say in terms of your current job is the part that sucks the most? In terms of my current role, I am a deeply social person. I'm very extroverted. I'm the type of person who loves having meetings on my calendar because I look forward to getting to talk to other people and really share ideas. And so the reality of being in a computer-based industry is that I spend a lot of time staring at the computer. And so for me, that's something I will always, no matter how long I'm in this industry, always have to battle is just being disciplined enough to know that the work is fun and engaging. But for me, staring at a computer for hours on end, whether that was in school when I was writing papers, whether that's just getting something done to some life admin on the weekend, that is not something that I enjoy. And so it's something I have to be disciplined about because I know that the balance of time spent staring at my computer relative to being in meetings or engaging in other ways, sometimes is a little off for me and is too skewed towards being at my computer all day. So how do you scratch that itch? I mean, being an extrovert, do you just suppress that when you're in the office? Or are there other outlets for you professionally that you're able to explore to fulfill that need that you have? For me, that in the past has taken the role of being in a management role, right? If you're a manager, you're inherently going to be either managing projects, which means you're going to have to be delivering presentations to the stakeholders who are to whom those projects are relevant, or you're going to be managing people. So again, inherently, you have those natural checks built in where you have to check in with your team, you have to make sure that everyone's doing well. In my current role, where I'm in more of a research role, as opposed to a managerial role, that looks like being really involved in what in the tech community is often called cross-functional partnerships or cross-functional meetings, Mm -hmm. which is making sure I understand how my work relates to other teams and that I can best communicate that to others. Great. Thank you for sharing that. So Lauren, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? For me, this is a really clear answer. I studied, as you said, international politics, and I actually had a big focus on human rights in undergrad. And I still love that work. But one of the most impactful pieces of career advice anyone has ever given me was someone said, find a way to identify where those interests in human rights and in social justice work intersect with a field that's developing and changing. Because that way, you'll be able to have an impact 
on those issues you care about forever and in a space that really needs experts. And so that's really what led me to cybersecurity. I don't believe I would be in this field if someone hadn't challenged me to find out how my interests, which are in a very traditional field that's been around forever, as far as human rights is concerned, that it has so many different challenges to tackle. Someone said, find the challenges within that space that are emergent and developing. And that really shaped one of the reasons that I got into this field. Oh my gosh, I would never have thought that that would be a driver to get into cybersecurity, but it totally makes sense. Absolutely. What wonderful advice. So Lauren, two final espresso shots, the second to last. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu shows, or fiction books, do you think accurately depict your profession? Wow. There are so many poor descriptions or representations of cybersecurity in the public media that it's almost hard to wade through the bad ones to highlight some good ones. So I'll start with saying that when you see shows like NCIS or whatnot that show like tons of code whizzing across a screen and you know people in darkness or some reason are never lights on <laughs> in movies about hackers. I don't think those are accurate representations. If you ever see something in which somebody executes some code and all of a sudden the boat blows up, while maybe not impossible, is not really what the work looks like day to day. So that's something that is clear to me. As far as movies and books that accurately depict the profession, there are classic movies in this field like Hackers, And then there are the more modern interpretations like Mr. Robot. As this field becomes more commonly understood, I think the media is only going to get more accurate and more representative of what this work is actually like. Okay. Well, I think at least it's good to know that you don't have to work in the dark if you're really interested (laughs) in this career. (laughs) So final espresso shot, Lauren. What do you think Java junkies would be surprised to learn about the field of cybersecurity? Since the public's understanding of cybersecurity is really just developing, I think there are so many different aspects of this field that people would be surprised to learn about. So I'll just start with a few. My favorite one to highlight is that you don't need a cybersecurity or a computer science degree to get into it. I meet so many people who the first question they have for me is, oh, you work in cybersecurity, so are you a programmer? And it's a reasonable question to ask, but it's really shocking to a lot of people to learn that there is a huge array of professional backgrounds in this field. And to really learn that while if you're a programmer, certainly there is a home for you in the cybersecurity industry, I actually would assess that it's a minority of roles in this field that require any sort of programming experience. So I think that's really the number one most surprising thing about this industry. Absolutely. And I'm actually just thinking back to when you and I met, Lauren, I think I probably asked you or or made that assumption as well. So you have definitely enlightened me. And I hope that you have inspired a lot of young people to explore this really interesting, fast-paced, and ever-changing career track. Lauren, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.